Right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of 21 Going On 77. I am the vet of the group, Dwight, at 5172214. Joined again with my co-host, the brains of the operation, the young prodigy, the young PhD, Doc, soon to be, SJ, at SJ Basketball 8. How you feeling this week, fam? I am feeling good. How are you feeling this week? Man, I can't complain. Um, my job had a reorg, so I got a brand new boss. It's basically like my job started all over again. So I like my new boss a little more than my old one. So I, I can't complain. I can't complain. That's good. Love yeah. to hear it. Oh. So what are we about to get into today? Oh, okay. You cut out a little bit. Just, just a heads up. So, um, we'll get into keep it clean. We're gonna be kind of messy this this pod. Not messy for real, but just messy as far as discussing the rumors, discussing the little leaks that them leaked out about the uh, trade season. I think the trade day trade deadline is what about five weeks out. So our team and other uh, team, yeah, just about. Yeah, our team and other teams, you know, it's rumors, teams been disappointing, and we're going to talk about that. But first, we're going to review the last week of our team, them Dallas Mavericks. On the six-game winning streak, um, I think yes, last, yeah, last time we recorded, uh, I believe it was a week ago Monday. So we, we literally won every single game, and on the cool – we packed up every single team. Like, it wasn't even – those games weren't really competitive. I think the most competitive game we played in the last week was uh, we won by nine. Who was that? I think Denver ended up making it a little close at the end. But, man, I think we packed up everybody else. I'm um, I'm yeah, really – yeah, I think – I listen, I, I'm going to say this. I thought – I know I said I put on the timeline. I know I said – I don't know if it was last pot or the one before that. I felt like we were about to go on a run, but I ain't finna lie and say I saw this coming. I'm not. I'm not gonna cap because we ain't just beating teams. We aren't just, you know, dark night. I get the Warriors. You could say stuff had a bad night, but the way we dismantled the Bulls, it's like, wait a minute. This is this. It's a little different. This ain't. I ain't. You know. I don't. I ain't never seen these boys play like this. Like actually. Play good defense and shoot the lights out and just dismantle a good team. So I don't know. It this is it's weird because it's the same dudes basically we've been looking at and they playing how we never believed they could play. I didn't believe they could play. And I think most of the fan base that really pays attention thought they could play, but they're doing it. So, you know, I'm in full blown jump out the window mode. I hail Western Conference Finals. I'm 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 on shoot high, like let's get it. You know, I'm on the tip to where unless it's a super upgrade, keep the team intact and just see where it go. Um, I don't think you mess the vibes up until they unless they start losing. But as long as they keep winning, I think you just see where this goes because I think the uh, market is is we're going to get into this later. But I think the market like it's like anything else, gas, food, anything else. The market for players in the trade market is just super inflated. 
So to make an upgrade, I think you're going to have to pay more than you would. Ignore. Like, even if you go back to historical precedents, I don't think that's going to work this year because there's so many buyers and so few sellers. So you're going to have to pay more than you normally would. But we'll get into that later. What did you think about the, the week? Well, I mean, if I must say it was a damn good week. <laughs> um, we won every game. Won every game, you know, Dirk got his jersey retired. It, it was just a great week. I had fun. And um, I mean, I'm not gonna go like game by game and break things down, but um starting with the I feel like the Denver game was like uh even though we won the game at OKC the night before, I felt like the Denver game was kind of like the turning point or kind of like what sparked the run in my opinion I know it's probably stupid to say but like just that fourth quarter how we just closed them out mm. like it was just good like just everything clicked um and it carried over into the next game you know next game was Dirk's jersey retirement we were going against the Warriors um obviously they're the best team in the league right now um and there were a lot of emotions going into the night and Granted, I mean, I didn't know how the game was going to go because, you know, Porzingis was out um, health and safety protocols. So it's like, okay, how, how are we going to do this? How are we going to score? I was worried about how we'd score since Warriors are a really good defensive team, but we held our own and we, like, we ran them out the building, you know, in that first quarter. Ran them out the building. And that, that is something you like to see, not only beating the best team in the league, but you're running them out of the building. You could say, oh, the Warriors had a bad shooting night. But, like, we were, like, contesting well. We were defending well. And that was one thing I wasn't worried about because I kind of accepted that the defense was real by then. I was like, yeah, we can defend. But to see it in real time against one of the best offensive teams in the league was great to see. And then, again, next game, Bulls. Well, not the next game. We played the, the um, Rockets, and that was – yeah. That was their Rockets. <laughs> their Rockets. But, um, yeah. The worst defense I've ever seen in my life since the, the fucking Trailbit Blazers game. A couple yeah. weeks ago. It was horrible. Yeah. But um, um, we, you know, did away with them without Luca. Got Luca back, played the Bulls. And again, same thing as the, you know, the Denver game, the Warriors game. We, we just broke the game open in the fourth. And that, to be like a team that can do that during the sh- down the stretch, it's kind of um, intriguing to see because a lot of a big part of the I guess issue I want to use that word loosely, but when we we're playing without Luca, um, when he was you know injured in, in protocols, a lot of when we were losing games, we were competitive, but we couldn't close them out. You know, like the early season Suns games, that first um, Clippers game that we played, like even the Kings game, you know, we had issues closing it out. And, you know, we thought, okay, we have our closer back, you know, it should make things much more smooth. And we see that, (laughs) like, we have been closing out games. And, you know, I like, you know, both Brunson and Luca in the backcourt closing out games. And that has been the thing. This isn't anything new. But, you know, Luca's back, you know, controlling things. You know, he shot horribly um, against Chicago. But I didn't even think he was bad. I didn't think it was a no. bad game. Like, no, he no, shot, no, no, no. He shot, like, what, eight for 23. And, but he was, like, he had 14 assists. He was, he was carving them up. He was car- carving them up. So, like, to me, if you can – I mean, granted, I want you to shoot better. But if you can just be someone um, – in my mentions said, Luca's playing, like, a 6'8 Chris Paul. 
listen, <laughs> if that's the role he needs to do right now, a yeah. he gets back, you know, in shape, gets his form back, I am all for it. Play like a, you know, 6'8 kid, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's fine. Um, but I am just encouraged by what I've seen. I am having fun. I'm still having fun. I've been having fun. Even when they weren't, when they were like five and five, I was still, you know, having fun because they were playing good basketball and that trend has continued. And like you said, we haven't, we're seeing guys do things that, you know, we've never seen them do. And I think it, it says something about patience because I wasn't very patient. And granted, I'm not a patient person. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, I'm like really patient. I, some things like in the, during the game, I saw Maxi try to put the ball on the floor twice against Vucevic and they ended horribly. Like he got stripped on one position and the next time down, I think Vucevic like swatted his shit. Like it was horrible. And I wanted to tweet like, Maxi, please never do that. <laughs> like don't do that. But I didn't, yeah, but I didn't tweet that because I understood what the game plan was. They were attacking Vucevic off picking pops and they were, attacking him off the dribble and Maxi usually like he can attack slow-footed bigs off the dribble it's not his strength it's not what you want him doing but it's something he can do and if it's something he can do you know what I'm not gonna be a you know a Grinch (laughs) you know about it even though like I said we didn't get the points from it um I'm not gonna be a Grinch about him doing that because it shows a level of aggressiveness like hey you're not um so useless if you know the defender closes out or something like that so I I can admit that I was a bit impatient with the process um but it's a good thing if they don't pay me to do anything the team (laughs) you know like I'm just a fan (laughs) so you know it is what it is inconsequential but um I do like that the results we're seeing the results from some of the process and to touch on my guy Josh Green who had you claiming him now that's your man's First of all, first of all, first of all, you know what's funny about this too? A lot of people try to do um like victory laps on Josh Green. Yeah. I, I don't do too many victory laps because, you know, my opinion has gone back and forth on the guy. But yeah. if we really pull up the receipts, I wanted him on draft night. I, if, if Back oh, then wow. I wasn't, I didn't have many. Yeah, back then I didn't have many followers. I had like 40 followers, so it was fine. <laughs> yeah, I had like 50 followers back then. But I, my three guys, or my two guys that I wanted, I wanted, um, like, in the range, I wanted Sadiq Bey or Josh Green. Desmond Bain, a lot of people wanted Bain, but I feel like there's a lot of revisionist history going on. Bain was not projected at 18, but that was a reach. If you said, I'm going to take Bain at 18, granted, he was a fan favorite amongst, like, fandom guys, but real draft guys, like, actual, no one had Bain. Granted, it was a mistake um, because he's really good. But no one had him there. You know what I mean? So my, based on what I was reading, the scattering reports, all that, I wanted either Sadiq Bey or Josh Green. But I thought Sadiq Bey would have gone towards the end of the lottery. So I thought Josh Green definitely, like, we were going to get him. And I was excited for him. And when they picked him, I wasn't upset. You know, people were like, oh, I was a bit upset because they didn't take Bey because Sadiq Bey was there. But other than that, I was happy. I was happy with Josh Green. I was actually very happy. I wanted him um, because three and D guy you know athletic all that I wanted him but when I didn't see you know he wasn't showing much I was like yeah okay I was willing to wait for him I saw a path to him being a good role player but it got really bleak my opinion really swayed when um he wasn't playing to start this season and I was like "Ooh, you know Jason Kidd 
was excited to, you know, excited about his development and he still can't get minutes. And then Frank came off the street and took his, you know, <laughs> basically took his minutes. Yeah. So I was like, ooh, yeah, I was like, oh, damn, like, you know, this is this might not be good, you know, in terms of his development on this team, you know, and I was saying how he, you know, getting drafted to, you know, like the OKC or Detroit, because they were the teams, you know, in front of us and behind us in the pick. Like he probably should have gone one of, you know, there to get minutes to develop because I felt bad for him just in terms of his own career because he was buried in the bench, you know, year two, can't get minutes. Um, and obviously Desmond Bain had to open his mouth and we all know that and Josh Green started playing. And since he started playing, he's been doing well. But with Luca back and even without, like he's just, he has so much confidence right now. Yeah. And now I'm, yeah, and every everyone can see that. And I'm happy and I can go back and say my, me thinking he should have been drafted, you know, by OKC Detroit, that was wrong. I, that was a bad take because he, Josh Green reminds me, not his play style, but he, his, just how he, um, he is, how he plays, um, but not the play style. He reminds me of like a Bruce Brown. You know how Bruce Brown was in, Bruce Brown was in Detroit, ironically. And he was like, he wasn't a player that he didn't pop because he's not, he's not that type of player where he needs like 18 shots a game to show his worth. He's not a volume scorer. Josh Green's not a volume scorer. Um, but then when Bruce Brown went to Brooklyn, it was like, oh my God, this guy's actually good. He's a valuable role player because his strengths, what he does well, um, they're kind of needed on those, you know, contenders or really good playoff teams. You know, he raises team ceiling. And Josh Green is that kind of player I'm seeing. So if he was in like an OKC, you know, Detroit, Orlando, he probably would have looked rough because they would have been, you know, force feeding him the ball. Um, granted, it could have helped him out maybe to get more reps, but like, he's not a volume scorer like he's not he doesn't strike this like even Bane you know Bane's averaging like 17 points per game whatever that's fine I never I don't see Josh Green averaging like 17 a game that's that's not his game he strikes me as a type to be a very very good like kind of glue guy role player and that's what we need on this team honestly so you know it is what it is um I'm happy with what I've seen from him. He has a lot of confidence. Um, he's doing everything. I said he can average like eight points per game, like just off cuts, you know, to the basket and transition buckets. If he gets the three ball going, then I'll comfortably say, yeah, he can average like double figures, like Dorian Finney-Smith, like a 10 points per game, you know, um, type of thing. But he, he's different in the sense that he can do pretty much almost everything on the court yeah. like he's not he's not great at anything maybe um like a great passer but he's not um he's like a swift swiss army knife kind of guy and that's that's those guys are important you know he could pass it he could defend like he took over that game in chicago he took over yeah. the ending of the half yeah close to the end of the half we were down by like 10 and he just he did everything he was in one taking charges defending passing he he was doing everything and I was like wow this is like just watching him I was like this is the future of the team and I'm excited for it granted I don't think he's untouchable still but now I'm stingier I'm a bit stingier now I want him like I was saying oh you know send him to Detroit you know as a deadline for Grant now I want them to hold on to him a little bit more at least until past the deadline so we could really see what we have um, but I'm not in interested in trading him for just anybody. Like he has to be 
a real like a star or like a real real needle mover for me to move him now like he he's teams are gonna ask for him because he's showing something but we'll we'll see I'm I'm excited to watch him it's been a while you know since Luke and Brunson it's been a while since we've had a young guy play something to get excited about yeah I um I will say the only victory lap kind of thing I was right about in the summer about Josh Green was, I think I put on the timeline, was if you're not going to play him, it's like give him guard minutes, given the problems we were having in the front court, like try him. I literally think the tweet was, I'd rather see him be a variant Bruce Brown than keep running out the when because Dwight Powell was playing like ass at the time. I'd rather you just threw uh, him out there than Dwight Powell. <laughs> And because you like you saw like you're right, you saw that whole that kind of Bruce Brown because I, was, I listen, I will always point it out. I bring it up all the time. His ass would have been in Toronto if it was up to me. He would be there. And I oof, how bad would that have been in retrospect? Like if he was oh, up there, boy, that oh would have been a horrible trade. Gosh, if he was because I don't, you know, I, I have my concerns about Dragic as far as over the course of a season anyway, at this point, because even when he did play in Toronto, he had that, it's weird because he had that one good game and then he never played again. But before that, he was, he wasn't looking too good. But if Josh was up there cooking with the way he's playing, even if it was just so the little stretch he's at here, oh my God, it'd be horrible. It'd be he's so a Nick bad. Nurse type of guy too. Yeah, he he's is. a Nick Nurse type of guy. He could defend, so, you know, he would get minutes off rip. And they were interested in him on, during the yeah. draft process too, so yeah. he would have. Oh, he would have. And their development oh. staff is excellent. It would. It would. It would look so <laughs> bad. Oh, it would look so bad. But I'm so happy. Like I, I don't care about getting dunked. Don't search my mentions, dude. For what the for what I like about basketball, just remove how valuable it is that he actually is a contributing player from a asset management standpoint. Mm-hmm. I just like watching him play ball. I enjoy his game. I like dudes that play defense. I like the cuts because he does things other dudes don't do on a consistent base, like really nobody. And like you said, you know, some people was trying to pack it up and be like, well, he only, he's going to put up a couple points and like even the games he didn't score a lot. You saw he impacted the game without scoring. That he just mm-hmm. did. He did that game when he had ten assists. Yeah, like he, he does. Yeah. He, he does stuff. He's there's he's one of the few players that don't have to put the ball in the basket on a high level to have an objective, positive impact on the game, and that's so important for us. And like I'm not, I put on the time. I'm not bullshit. He outplayed Desmond Bain on Friday. I'm buying the jersey. I'm and I haven't bought a jersey since Dirk. <laughs> I'm serious because I like young players and I, if he balls out, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, he unlocks so many different things the way I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I don't have access to second spectrum, but tell me, I feel like when he guarded Zach, he didn't score. He took the goose egg. I got to rewatch the game and really break it down possession by possession, but I don't feel like he, Zach ever scored on him. Like, when he was switched on him and it was single, I don't no think so. like I think he 
went like 0 for 4 or something like that. I'm like, and it wasn't a, a lucky 0 for 4. He was in his jersey. And I'm like, oh, you're doing this. Then you grab him and passes. And I guess we could touch on Jane a little bit. My big thing for Jalen for why he wasn't going to get paid was like Jalen has run some horrible fast breaks this year. But when he threw that oop to Josh, I was like, oh, oh, if this is what we're doing, I got to reevaluate where this team is going. Like I, I've been That's saying. Thing. No, sorry to cut you off. But no. like, just his, it's Josh. I feel like Josh's athleticism unlocks something new because it's like, Throw it up, you know, a young guy could probably yeah. get it. You know, yeah. we don't really have dudes like that. You know, no, not you know, at all. power before, you know, pre-injury power, mm-hmm. you could throw it up and you'll get it. But like other than that, we don't have many of those dudes. So it's mm-hmm. great to see. Yeah, and it, it just made me I, I'll be honest, when I saw that play, I was like, hey man, I've been kind of joking about this whole we about to go on this super crazy run and Western Conference Finals. I'm exaggerating. I don't really think we're going to Western Conference Finals. But that play made me be like, hey, man, that ain't that crazy of a thought if this just keeps happening. And I know it's a, it's six games, but it ain't really six games. We've been playing. The process of how we've played has made sense for the last month. It's just the results weren't there because Luka didn't play and KP didn't play. But, like, the process, the stuff that made sense, the stuff good teams do, we've been doing pretty consistently outside of making our open threes and – I don't know what it happening in Chicago. I don't know if that's going to keep going, but the process has been there for about a month now. And I, the reason why I feel like we're going to run, I'm like, Luca going to come back. He, It's been a national story how out of shape he's been. And Luca, if he don't got nothing else, the man has shame. He, he, he sees that stuff. And I thought, I felt like he would come back and boil out. And honestly, he didn't really pull, came back and boiled out. He just is Luca. And it's just, I, I, I don't see this slowing down barring injury now. You know, tall man number six is always injury scare. You always got the COVID protocols, but hell, I don't know, man. We've been, it's, it's it, the thing that we're not used to watching with this team is like consistency. They're pretty consistent with how hard they play and what they do. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not used to that. And I don't think any of us were prepared for this to be a thing. Because like you said, that was the one thing about previous years, especially last two years, is like you never knew what you never knew what Maverick team was going to show up. You know what I mean? We could we play a yeah. we we play bad teams super close um, all the time, even if we were rolling. We just play them close, and then we'd out talent them at the end. It's like these boys going to show up. They're going to play hard defense every night, and if they hit any shots, hell, even when they ain't, they going we're just blowing teams out right now. So I'm happy for Josh. I, uh, just to kind of recap on before we get into the mess. Um, I don't really know where this goes. I really don't know. I'm just, it's, this is a, I just want to sit back and enjoy the ride. I don't want to make any trades. We'll touch on this a little later. I don't want to trade anybody that's in the rotation right now, unless it's like, you know, if you're going to give me Miles Turner for Dwight Powell and Maxi, like, okay, you know, <laughs> fine, you know, let's sign me up for that. But if I got to start throwing in first round picks and, and Josh, it's like, mm, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Let's just play it out with these dudes. Because I was looking at our cap sheet today. And even if we, 
let's say we win a playoff series, which I think is distinctly in the realm of possibility right now. The West is kind of mid, bro. Like, like we got to be honest. And I think we're the fifth best team in the West right now. I do think the Lakers will be a problem in the playoffs, but I don't see how they're going to catch us in the standings to where we're realistically worried about playing them in the first round. And if we play them in the second round, so be it. The, the goal this year is to win a series and make it to the second round. Mm-hmm. And I think that's on the table. And 21 days ago, I don't, I didn't, I didn't feel that way. So I, I don't know where this goes. I'm, I, I, you got to play this out, trade deadline, somebody offer you something crazy, go ahead and do it. But if we still balling, you know, I don't think we're going to go undefeated through the trade deadline, but if we still winning at a pretty good clip, you just got to, you got to ride it out, my boy. You got to, you got to just ride it and see where this goes. And um, if Jalen show up in the playoffs, I feel like Dorian going to show up in the playoffs. You pay him. And the luxury tax, I know it'd be high, but you don't pay the luxury tax until the end of the year. So Dwight's expiring next season. Um, uh, Trey Burke is expiring next season. Uh, Maxi is expiring next season. So I don't know, man. I think them dudes are playing well enough. And if they keep playing how they've been playing so far this year, a team would take them for free if you really need to dump salary to get below the tax. So I think you just ride it out, man. I don't think you trade Jalen or nobody else unless some somebody want to offer you something stupid. Okay, cool. But I don't I don't think we even shoot for incremental upgrades with the, to them dudes uh, right now. Why the vibe is good, why we want it. Yeah, I mean, and that makes sense too. You don't want to mess up you know, because chemistry is a thing, you know, we've been, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure the guys feel good, you know, most of them are back, you know, just missing Porzingis, um, and, you know, Willie, but um, he's been out for a while, so, um, I mean, I am not high on the team as a playoff team still, like, I can, you know, my spirits are up, you know, since the thing of the season, but I'm still not high on this group as a playoff team, I just think there's still film on how to defend them, <laughs> you know, like, Francis, you know, new new schemes and all that, but still, it's still the same personnel, and that's um. So I'm not too high on them, but I'm I don't I took away my expectations, so I'm not gonna if they do lose in the first round, I'm not gonna be upset because you know it is what it is. Um, but it kind of um is interesting to me because we see we've seen teams come into this season and want to kind of um they kind of bank on internal development. So they didn't do anything too crazy or the moves that they made were clearly um, signaling that they thought that, you know, the guys that are, were already on their team were going to, you know, improve to the point where the whole team gets better. And we've seen mixed results. So teams I'm referencing, um, three teams. So the Grizzlies, the Hawks, and the Mavericks um, were three teams that um, you could say they, you know, ran it back. Um, with with the exception of the Grizzlies, where you thought they downgraded because they yeah. traded Valanciunas, who was yeah, who was arguably their best player last year. You know, Ja had a good year, but um, if you said Valanciunas was the best player, you wouldn't really receive too much, you know, pushback because he was that good. And they traded him for Stephen Adams. <laughs> you know, everyone, you know, obviously, um, they got a pick back. They got Zaire Williams back, 
but um still it, it was like okay you know you saw what they were trying to do maybe you know open up more minutes for you know Jaren Jackson at the five and you know helping out um and just you know banking on the entire team getting better and it worked you know as we could see they're the fourth seed you know I think they're like what 10 games or so are over 500 fam, I don't fam, know. fam if if uh <laughs> If the tall Frenchman don't come back, they'll be a three seed, like mm-hmm. by Monday. And, <laughs> yeah, and to me, that's like one. Josh should definitely one hundred percent be leading the MVP race if that's the case. And I know they were playing well even when he was out, but come on, like a young guy leading his team, you know, being the best player on a team that's the three seed when most yeah. people had them out of the playoffs. Come mm-hmm. on, that's yeah. you know what I mean. Like that is the MVP kind of I'm giving if if the if Memphis gets the three seed even I'm saying four seed but really three seed like if they could really end the season as a three seed I'm sorry <laughs> John is your MVP but um regardless um he took a step up Jaron Jackson Jr. um he took a step up and not even just him taking a step up but like he wasn't playing for them like that last year um, you know, he was injured for most of the year. So um, they didn't really have him, you know, yeah. and now they do. So that in itself is, you know, an upgrade. And Desmond Bain, you know, as we've said, you know, he took a step up. And these guys are, like, playing well. Like, um, and listen, they're bank- them banking on internal improvement, it worked. It worked. And I could say I was definitely wrong about them. I had them as the 10th seed, I believe. I had them, yeah, as a ten- 9 or 10th seed. Um, actually, no. Did I? I, I think uh, I had them maybe out of the play. Don't I don't remember. Yeah, but I know I had them at the lower echelon of the plane, if anything. And they definitely have proven everyone wrong. And then on the other side of the coin, you have the Hawks. And their situation is a bit more, uh, is a bit more perplexing to me because they just came off a, a Eastern Conference Finals run. You know what I mean? Like, they, you know, had a good good group of dudes. You know, everyone said, you know, they're a deep team. And granted, they've had injuries, you know, health and safety protocols, all that, but they should not be this bad. Like, they just should not be this bad. And then when you try to, you know, break it down and try to figure out why, you know, if they're defensive, you know, everyone could tell they're, like, close to the bottom, you know, in defensive rating. And they're just, especially the last month, they've um, just given up a million points to everyone that comes to town. And everywhere they've been, and it's just like it hurts the fact that Capella regressed. And and you called it early, like I think the first couple games you said um Capella wasn't moving right. Yeah, and, he, um, he's it. It's never got better, and they keep playing him. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's doubtful now. I think he's going back on the injury. I saw the last um injury report. I saw he was like doubtful. So like him regressing, and Hunter you know, not not being able to stay healthy, it hurts them a lot. Even Reddish, like, your two best perimeter defenders can't stay healthy. Your rim protector, who usually cleans up all the mess, he's not healthy and he can't move. So, of course, their defense is going to be horrible. And, you know, you have the videos going viral of Trey's defense and all that. I'm not going to, you know, spend a lot of time bagging on his defense. We know he's not a great defender. We know it. Um, and it just it just hurts right now but he needs to at least try like it rubs off on your team at the end of the day so they're not playing like when I watch them they're not playing inspiring like basketball and we see the reports um 
a similar report to the previous year, but John Collins, he's not feeling, you know, his role, <laughs> you know, we, we know. Like, I, I feel like this, Um, I've said it before, but like skilled or finesse kind of bigs and high usage guards, they just don't mix. Like we're, we're, we're seeing it all throughout the league. You know what I mean? Like almost every, almost every common, not every combination, but almost every combination, there has been an issue. You know, um, in one season alone. Um, so, I it's it's a tough situation. I I think John Collins he's definitely a hundred percent not finishing that contract in Atlanta. Um, I'm not sure when they move him. I don't think they're gonna move him before this trade deadline. That's they could, but I don't think he gets moved. I think they're looking to move like a, you know, like the reports said Gallo, you know, Reddish. Like they're moving them. I think they'll start there before they move the heavy hitters. Like you know, uh. Um, uh, what's his name? John Collins, or uh, um, I mean, Capella can't be moved. So, um, that's that. But um, yeah, it's just um, I just don't I don't know how they fix it too. And granted, like I said, it's defense, and the general manager has said he's he's not trying to wait. He's not trying to be patient. And it, on this path that they're going, the trajectory that they're on, they're not in the playoffs. <laughs> so the no. East is tougher this year. And they can't wait. It's not like they could wait. Or, like That's the luxury that some of these teams in the West have, like the Lakers. They stunk, but they could have they could have breathed, you know, a little bit um, easier because the West was so mid. The East, the East, I mean, I feel like, the East is just even the mid teams. The mid teams are better than the West mid teams, and it, it's easier for the standings to get like away from the Hawks yeah. in the East than the West. So um, they no one, have to no, do something no, quickly. No one's coming back to them for them to get in. Exactly, and I think um, I I definitely think because you could say like even last year when they were out of the playoffs you could say okay I could see them taking you know so-and-so spot or whatever if you look at the standings it's not many teams where I could say oh yeah they're gonna jump up and take this person's spot definitely like the Cavs are real like the Cavs are real they're not better than the Cavs (laughs) like they're not better than the Cavs so it's like um you would think you know you'd pick up so the Cavs making this jump somebody had to fall and it was them (laughs) they're the ones falling so it's it's I don't know what they do. Trey, he's not happy. He says, you know, he doesn't like losing all that. And he's not afraid to make it known to his, um, you know, his front office that, hey, we got to do something. So I think Atlanta is the team that, like, shakes things up the most because, um, one, it's clear they really want to be buyers. And two, they have assets. They actually do have a lot of assets, a lot of pieces um, that make sense to be moved. And like you said, it's it's – I feel like the plane, like the plane brings drama and all that. Yeah, but it kind of waters down. This is the second, I feel like this is the second year in a row we've seen something like that. The plane kind of just waters down the trade deadline because you have these sorry ass teams that think they still have a shot because the plane exists. Like there's no way, like the, the Kings right now, I don't, I don't know if they're in the plane. I, I don't know. No, they're, 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 uh, they're outside yeah. of it, right? No, yeah, they're a game and a half outside, but the team in the a ten- game and a half outside. The team in the tenth spot is Portland, so we know where that's mm-hmm. going. Yeah, so see, yeah, so Portland right now looks like they're about to nosedive tank. The reports are coming out that they at least will be eight games, but other reports are saying that 
he might have played his last game. They're thinking about shutting him down finally. So you're thinking, okay, Portland's going to, you know, dive. And the Kings, they're, they're probably thinking, hey, we can get, you know, 10 and try to test our luck. Hell no. No, you should not do that. Like, blow that shit up. <laughs> blow that up. But, you know, we don't know what they're thinking because of the plane. So it's like a lot of these teams that really need to sell these pieces are, are not. So it's the plane kind of waters down the trade deadlines. And like you said, a lot, it inflates it to the point where a lot, there are a lot more buyers and sellers and you got to be, you know, you got to cut a cute coin, you know, <laughs> just to get, um, players that move the needle so but the Hawks are one like I said to have the assets to actually afford an overpay if that's the route they want to go so I it's just interesting seeing the two teams and then obviously the Mavericks being the third team we're kind of in the middle um with kind of internal improvement and the results we've seen from it you know we're a middling team you know we're not of the top of the top we're not as good as Memphis currently um, but we're not as bad as the Hawks or better than the Hawks right now. And we, we've we seen some guys get better. You know, we've seen Brunson step up career highs. Um, we've seen Dorian Finney-Smith. He's still getting better. He's gotten better every single year of his career. And, again, we see another step up. Um, Maxi, he's not going to be a guy that's going to average a lot of points, but and his three-point shot isn't as, you know, automatic as it was last year. Obviously, he's a no-fans tax, so he's, he's still shooting at a high clip. Um, a lot of these Porzingis, you know, numbers, less efficient, but he's playing good ball, better defense. So we've seen good, you know, Josh Green obviously making a leap out of nowhere. So we've seen um, internal improvement from the Mavericks, but, I mean, it's yet to be seen how much – it's going to help because our internal improvement, the big difference between the, I would say the Grizzlies, maybe not the Hawks, but the big difference between what the Grizzlies wanted and what like the Hawks or Mavs wanted. The Hawks and Mavs, they were thinking of internal improvement for the playoffs. Um, Grizzlies were thinking internal improvement. Granted, they made the playoffs last year, but more so for the regular season to see where they could go. And um, so for us, we can't, we won't be able to tell what the real results are until we get to the playoffs. But um, I just think, I just wanted to make those comparisons because I just think it's really interesting how much um, the thought process could be the same across the leagues, which you could see so much, um, so many different results from the same thought process. Um, so what do you think about all these news, especially the Hawks, because they, they're looking messy again. And last year when the mess came, they fired a coach. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't know what's gonna happen this time with them. Yeah, I, I think they're gonna make a big trade. Um, I think if you put Thanks a gun, I was just about to say, if you put a gun to my head <laughs> and made me pick one of the twenty nine teams, I think it's it just makes sense. Um, I think it makes sense for everybody involved. They have all their picks. Hell, I think somebody owes them a. a I think they got an extra first from somebody floating around there as well and man you go two picks cam reddish and a john collins i don't i to me i don't see what i don't think you're gonna get that star i don't think you're gonna get dame or bradley bill for for ben simmons so i think that's something that makes sense and it allows you to pivot if you know, I'm I'm not as high on Cam Reddish as other players, but the boy got talent. You know what I mean? He, he's objectively mm -hmm. a talented guy. 
and them Hawks picks are no guarantee they're going to be super duper high. Like, in my opinion, there's no guarantee that they're just going to, they're a guaranteed playoff team. We all thought they were guaranteed. You know, I think I had them six. I think I had them sixth or fifth. I had them somewhere in that mix. I'm not totally for sure, but I don't, I, I didn't, I didn't see this. I, I, I didn't see this at all. I'm actually floored, floored by it because the offense actually got better. Mm-hmm. And even when I watch them. Yeah, they're like fourth or something. Like they're no, really good. No, offense. they're second. They were third for most oh, of the season. <laughs> okay. Yes, they, they, yeah, they bumped up to second in the last couple of days. And I, I just don't know. And the thing is weird because I've been, I've slandered John Collins so much, especially when we were, the Mavs were talking about getting him, but he's actually getting better. And it's weird. It's like, how are y'all so much worse? And like, he's got better. He's doing more stuff off the bounce. My big thing with him was he's not a shot creator. He's getting better at that. And defensively, he's trying. Like, he's still not good, but. That's why he has issues. Yeah, he's giving. That's why he has issues. No, sorry to cut you off, but no, I know. You're fine. I've seen people say, I've seen people say, like, when he said he was upset at his role, people are saying, oh, well, you can't do anything else. Like, you're just a lob merchant. You can't create offense no, on your own. And no. that's true to a degree, but yeah. like I went to that Christmas game, Trey Young didn't play. Yeah. John Collins was their like leading scorer, and yeah. he was he was fine. Like yeah. is, is that winning recipe? No. But do you need to still find a better balance? Of course. You know, like I said, this is gonna be an issue between you know how you any high usage guard and a finesse kind of skill big who wants the ball. You're gonna see it with all the duels. So it's not nothing specific to Trey and like Collins but yeah sorry go ahead no you're fine and I, I I see him get better and Capella man that's why they extended him he was single-handedly keeping their defense afloat and I what is mm-hmm. it is it his foot what's wrong with him is just, I think it's his foot I, I don't know what the injury is now um yeah. that he's doubtful but like it was his foot like he came from Houston to Atlanta with a foot injury okay then he didn't start last season with a foot injury, the yeah. same foot injury. Okay. Was it the same one? I don't look, I don't remember, but it was the reoccurring, it's a reoccurring foot injury. It's a reoccurring foot injury. Man, he's just night and day, and they have no answers. And here's where God, I hate, I hate, I despise giving the Mavericks front office any credit. But when you know, we all freaked out when they didn't offer Bogey that money. Because we know him and Luca is tight. And we needed us. Man, them boys can't. Uh, Bogey and Gallo can't stay in front of nobody. Like, it, it, it was, it, it was, it's bad. They can't guard anybody. And they pay Kevin, Kevin Herter. No one can guard anybody that's playing. And because, shoot, DeAndre Hunter, he's played 11 games. He out, like you said, Cam Reddish is fighting for his life. But he's still trying to get. He's trying to. He's trying to get the bag. So he's trying to chuck some shots too. He ain't trying to three and D it up, you know. So I. It's just. It's a bad situation. They just got to package it. They got to go for it. And man, it is funny because you know our fan base and our timeline was like, see the, the Hawks did such a good job, and then you know I said, when their GM made those comments to me. Those aren't comments of dude. I, I, let me be clear. What he said 
I actually agree with, but you don't go public with that when you've only made the playoffs like once in four years, you know, and you're on track to not make the playoffs in the year that we're in. You know, I, I think he gets, I do think they have a lot of talent, but at the end of the day, uh, uh, talent accumulation is only cool if it leads to wins, right? And for them dudes mm -hmm. to basically be a bad team every year but one, and I don't want to I don't want to do the whole, you know, one of my favorite phrases I've ever heard you come up with is the whole empty gym merchant. <laughs> <laughs> this shit's funny to me. I'm just saying. Yeah, but that shit's funny to me. But at the same time, you got to start looking back like, hey, fam, maybe that shit was a little cap. Like, you know, maybe, you know, they ran into an extraordinary, it was a, a nice confluence of events that led to them making the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, and I know yep. you could say, well, if trading in hurt, they make the finals. Shit, man, hey, maybe. I need to know what oh, they nah, got. Bro. I know, I know, but I'm just saying, nah. what they got yeah, to I'm do with y'all being fucking trash right now, you know, and I don't know. I really don't know. I've in paying attention to league, I don't remember something like this to where they just stunk. And everyone's young. They paid everybody that they should have paid. I don't know, man. I don't know. Clint Capella, at the best of his, at the peak of his powers, shouldn't be your one-man offense, one-man defense. Does, does that make sense? Oh, yeah, definitely not. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, that's why it hurts so much with – um hunter being out too because like you said you know trey and bogey not get anybody in front of them and who's who's there was starting small forward in a fucking luau cabaret like are you kidding me <laughs> you know what i mean like really and then john collins who's like you said he's getting better but he's not you know he's not doing anything significant right, right, the ball. Right. Yeah. so it's really clint job to like you said be a one-man defense but he's not go bear you know yeah. and even if he was even if he was healthy he's not go bear but given the fact that he's clearly not 100 percent not moving well um you're not getting anything like defensively you're not getting anything and honestly like with the way like usually i like it, it's funny because during the regular season i always said um you know, defense is obviously you need to defend in the regular season, but it's more of a, you know, playoffs problem. If you can't defend. Like you can get by, you know, with good offense and bad defense. The Hawks aren't doing that. Like no. last year, granted, we weren't, we weren't as, I don't think we were as bad as they are now last year for the Mavs, but we weren't all that defending, but we could score points, <laughs> you know, a year before that. Um, poor Zingas was our one man defense <laughs> the year before he, that. He, he really was. And, and we were still decent, um, but they're not, they, it's just perplexing to me, the losses that they've gotten, like granted, the one Clippers loss, the Clippers can still defend, even without Paul George, they can still defend, so yeah. that's low-key should have been a bet, like, hey, if we stop you from scoring, you can't stop us from scoring, <laughs> so we're gonna, you know, we're gonna try to get this wins, and that's what they did, but I don't, I'm, I'm worried for them, especially if, depending on who they match up with um with the um in the playoffs, like Trey and the granted, I thought it was gonna be a problem last season, 
And, you know, he proved me wrong. Granted, no team used that game plan. And I'm referring to Trey being, like, hunted. But, like, that Lakers game, that was the last time I saw the Hawks play. Oh, my goodness. Avery Bradley? Avery Bradley scored, like, 21 points, bro. And, like, I swear to God, like, 18 of those points were, like, right on Trey's head. Like, (laughs) it was directly because of Trey. And I think... If they match up with a team that has a guard or game plans to, you know, not saying that this should be the entire strategy, but if they strategize to make him defend, it might it might get ugly. They might, you know, that's if they make the playoffs. It might get ugly because it's 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 bad. <laughs> it's like bad, and I don't know. Like you said, they're gonna do a big shakeup, but like I'm I'm just intrigued who else gets thrown in the mix you know with this because I don't think if if they do a huge trade I don't think it's going to be like a one-for-one trade I think it's going to be like a three-team or kind of you know big thing so I want to see who else gets roped into yeah I I could see to where like the Ben Simmons CJ McCollum Cam Reddish it's all one big ass trade instead of multiples because there's so many teams that are trying to buy the the Price is just going, and that's the other thing that their their situation is bad. Is they need to make a shakeup at the worst time. Like anyone that anyone's trying to buy a car right now knows how horrible it is. It's a horrible time to need to buy a car. Use new. The prices is messed up. Availability is messed up, and they have to make a shakeup. And while they have talent, that talent isn't going to go as far as it would in a normal year in a normal situation. And it's just rough. Like, I'm not saying, yo, this is the end of the trade era because who knows? None of, none of this shit is, you, there's no crystal ball. Um, I was in a hoop space earlier today. And, you know, apparently there was a Hawks fan in there. And the people on the hoop space was telling them, like, hey, man, progress ain't linear. Don't assume just because they made these conference finals last year, they're going to be back or they're going to be even better. And I never thought of it that way. It's something we all know is a possibility, but yeah, it, it's it's spooky for me. And to to use one of your words, it's spooky. I don't know what they do. Um, to kind of, I guess, let me quit talking about the Hawks all the time. But to touch on Memphis, I just man, I knew their coach was good. I didn't know he was this good. Um, and I, I, I actually, in what they're doing, I don't think it's like talent. I don't think them dudes is that good, like independent. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think they're, they have a really deep roster. They have a high volume of good players. But I don't think them dudes are some super high level players. The only dude that's a true star star like mm-hmm. that is, is Ja. But they play the right way. And people don't get asked to do anything that they can't do. The only person that does it is like Dylan Brooks. Like, you know, we got this theoretical, you know, rivalry with them all of a sudden. But uh, yeah, because <laughs> but even Dylan Brooks stepped it up. Like he's doing, yeah. I do think yeah, I agree, he's doing maybe a bit more than you'd want like a Dylan Brooks to do, but he's having like he 17 just, points per game. Yeah, yeah. And don't get it twisted. If Dylan Brooks played for Dallas, he would be my favorite player because I I like players like him I'm biased when when players like him play for our team I irrationally support them however 
the games we've played, especially that game we lost to them, when I think Luca and KP was out, I don't remember exactly. He was keeping us in the game by himself, and he kind of does that. He is so trick-or-treat. Mm-hmm. Um, he's good most of the time. I'll even say at this point, the vast majority of the time. But, man, out of 10 games, there's two where he is single-handedly keeping another team in the game. And I just wonder in a playoff series, like, you can't. When that game happens, like, that could be it when you evenly match. And if you do it twice, well, that's the difference between you beating us and we putting you away in six. So, But I I really – their coach is really good. It's funny, me and that dude, I think, are the exact same age, and he's from Dallas, so salute to that brother. Um, it's, it's cool to see a young coach really have it together like that. And he's mm-hmm. legit, legit. Like, they run good stuff. They do, they, it's not smoke and mirrors, right? Um, and when it comes to us, like I said, man, it's been about a month. Um, shit was looking a little shaky. But even when we were losing, when Luca was out, the process was there. That's why, that's when I started, about a month ago, maybe five weeks ago, is when I kind of started pushing back on the Jason Kidd slander. Because I'm like, dog, they they doing the right stuff. I know they are winning, but it looks different than when when Rick was here. When Rick was here, like, <laughs> Luca would play. Like, last year, in the beginning of the season, Luca played, and we was getting packed up by Houston. We was getting packed up by bad teams. We would lose when, we would lose the bad teams this year only when Luca was out, like outside of Sacramento, how many bad losses do we have? And that was literally a buzzer. Beater. We don't. I was thinking about that too. Yeah, yeah, we don't have bad losses like that. Granted, okay, we have bad losses in the sense that we were getting blown out by good teams. I think that's a even though they're good teams, I think that is a bit of a like bad loss. But in yeah. terms of like you're saying losing to bad teams, we don't have many of those. Yeah, we got packed up. We, <laughs> I think. I'm not bullshitting. If memory serves me correct, DeMarcus Cousins was literally the worst player in the league to start the season last year. Had, like, the worst field goal percentage for as many times as mm-hmm. he shot. And then he gave us 20-20. Like, he we lost. Like, yeah, he gave us, like, twenty close to 20-20. Yeah, and it was efficient. And it was efficient. And we got packed up with, with Luca. I know he KP. He was killing Willie. He was killing yeah. Willie. I remember that game. Yeah, and... um. Really was good too defensively up until he met Boogie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was doing all right. Exactly. And and you kind of you I, I noticed you put it on the timeline uh, yourself. You like that dudes ain't coming and looting against us. We used to be a looter's dream. You want your career high? Come mm-hmm. see the Mavericks. Come to Dallas. Come to Dallas. You got mm-hmm. Dallas on the schedule. Okay, we gonna hide you in the corner uh, on Luca. Or if you are big, that's not that good, but you athletic and you play hard, yeah, you're going to go ahead. And and if you somebody that's not on the scout report, but you play hard, yeah, you're going to put your career high against us. And if you're a shooter, if you're just an average shooter, you know, these NBA players, we're going we gonna to run plays to get you open in the corner off. Uh, if, if Lucas, you'll do it, and you're going to get your career high. And that shit happened a little bit to begin the season, and it happened the entirety okay, yeah. of the Luca era during Rick Carlisle's tenure. But that shit ain't happening no more at all. Like, you got to beat us. You have to beat us. You have to run good shit, make your shots. We're not – we're not beating ourselves, and I, 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 it's still so hard for me to wrap my brain around how it's happening. 
because these are the same dudes, bro. Reggie Bullock is a really good defender, so even when he's doing cardio, he does make dudes uncomfortable. Sterling Brown's a solid defender. But so is Josh Richardson. You know what I'm saying? Like, these dudes ain't night and day upgrades to Josh and the spiritual leader, you know? Like, defensively, it's just, it's weird, and I'm I'm here for it. I love it. I'm just happy with it. I... I I know this going sound crazy, but you ride this till the wheels fall off. And when the wheels fall off, if it's before the trade deadline, then you do something. But if the wheels don't come off, full steam ahead, and they want a playoff series, you pay Jalen. You don't get outbid. My, my fear is still that Detroit, because Detroit, not to get too cap savvy, Detroit, if they trade Jeremy Grant and don't take back big money, are going to have like, you can add up the other four teams below them. They're still going to have more cap space than all them teams combined. And they could, for them, it might make sense to just pay Jalen 26 million for three years or even four years, like something stupid just to get somebody. And if that happens, I don't know if Mark going to do that. And I don't even know if he should, frankly, but I don't know. I, I, if we want to play our series, you got to drop the bag on Dorian. You got to drop the bag on Jalen. And you can dump Maxie and you can dump Dwight. You can dump uh, uh, Trey Burke for the tax really, really get crazy. But I'm happy with where we at. I hope I like Trey Young, so I hope the Hawks get it together. And as good as Memphis is doing, I ain't afraid of them niggas. We, we, you know, yeah, I like I like the way they're building because the thing is, they're good right now, and they have the ammunition to get better. And just through internal growth, I think they can get better. But they also might run into that Hawks problem because you know how it goes when them young boys don't play their role, and now it's bag time. You know, dudes start feeling themselves, and I don't know. We'll see, but uh. Moving on to the final topic I want to touch on, Sham Sharania of The Athletic reported that Miles Turner uh, teams are starting to really, really try to see, trying to check Indiana's temperature. Like, hey, what y'all doing with, with Levert? What y'all doing with Miles? Um, apparently, some bonus ain't on the table. They won't. They, they being Ben Sim, they being Daryl Morey-ish about Sabonis, how Daryl Morey is with Ben Simmons. They want the world for him, man. He good, but he ain't that good. So, I don't know, man. Uh, apparently, our Dallas Mavericks are one of the teams that are interested in him. And, you know, yeah, soon as, they, as soon as people saw that, dog, them trade machine screen grabs have been flying, and I'm so tired of them because um, – uh Mark Stein did a locker room and our girl Jazz was in it and she I jumped on after she posted and yeah dog don't nobody want Tim Hardaway Jr. in the league period and Rick Mark Stein's close man he is plugged in Mark Stein has never Mark Stein's never reported anything that basically if he said it it happened and it's true and he's like yeah Rick Rick ain't fucking with nobody we got like he's good for a potential trade partner when it comes to Miles Turner. So, you know, I, I don't think Rick is one of the most respected coaches. However, I, I'll get into my agenda about him later. 
but I don't think he wants anybody from Dallas, even out of pettiness. So I don't think Miles Turner is coming from a asset management standpoint. But something I wanted to say, and I don't want to rant, Miles Turner ain't that good, man. Miles Turner's a role player. He's a high-end role player. Um, but if you look at the reporting around him, that man, he got Porzingis disease. He's actually worse than Porzingis because Porzingis has cobbled together an extended stretch of high-level offensive play. It ain't consistent, but at least Porzingis, you can look at Porzingis' tape and say, I did this when you gave me this volume of shots for a very long time. Miles Turner ain't never got that. He'll give you a week, and then he falls off. He will he'll give you another week, and then he falls off. Like right now, his last seven games, he's averaging not He's putting up Dwight Powell numbers. Actually, I got to look at Dwight Powell's numbers, but I'm pretty sure Dwight Powell and him over the last like six games have the same numbers. And I know he's a good rim protector. He is. That is something you can't take from him. But you know who else is a good rim protector who led the league in blocks? Hassan Whiteside. And I think because he blocks a lot of shots, that gets that's synonymous with being a really, really good defender. And it ignores like dog, he this is Rick, and Rick is being petty with him. I agree. But like, hey man, he can't really move his feet like that. They'd be lightweight attacking him in space. Like they he they get to switch on him. And guards who can score, wing players, just just they score. He's an excellent help defender, but you know, y'all remember how tall man looked on skates in the playoffs? Like teams are doing that to him, and I feel like people don't watch Indiana Pacers games like that. And I have really, I've, we talked about this on this pod a lot. It's so dismissive and arrogant to say, man, you don't really watch the games, but. When I have people in my mentions talking about he would provide 36 minutes of defensive player of the year defense in the playoffs, I'm like, well, why he ain't never did that shit? He'd been to the playoffs more than half the time he'd been in the league, and he ain't never done it in the playoffs. So why are you assuming he's coming here and doing it? He's had four coaches. He's been putting every system under the sun. And it's just he's a player, the idea of him, and I get he's from here. I would love for him to come here. Like if we could turn Dwight Powell and some second round picks into him or even Maxi. Maxie been playing well. If we could turn them two into Miles Turner, sign me the fuck up. But is he the final piece? Like if he got bought out and came here for free, I don't I don't think the ceiling is drastically higher. Like I would obviously that's an excellent asset to have, but that's not I still think the Golden State Warriors will run us up the gym in a goddamn seven-game series. I really do. Um, and honestly, I think Chris Paul, if his old ass is still in one piece, come playoff time, I think he would do bad things to Miles and KP. I do. And um, I, I just – I think he's a good player. I'm not trying to shit on Miles Turner. But, man, he's a role player. I've seen people call him all-star caliber, and I'm just like, what the fuck? I've never seen a dude that averages 13 and 7. And he's been in the league like six, seven years now. He's not a young dude. He's not old, but he ain't, you know, kind of is what he is at this point. He can't post up. Like, he's softer on the block than KP. That's not my opinion. Like, that's – there's years of track work, track – 
track work. There's years of track record that says this. This ain't DeMar DeRozan we talking about, where DeMar DeRozan, however you felt about his fit here, and I didn't think he'd be a good fit. I'll own that. But there was no debate DeMar DeRozan was giving you fucking buckets and could pass. There's a debate that Miles Turner can score on the block or roll to the rim. Like, he's not, he hasn't done that shit. Like, that's not fit. That's He's never done this shit in six years on a consistent basis. So that's just my take on Miles. I would like him I, if, if we can get him for free. But in this market, some team is going to pay a pretty, uh, a pretty pit, what you call it, a cute coin. Some team is going to drop the, the asset bag on him. And I think it's going to be a team that's not Dallas. I think Char- I think he'll be a Charlotte Hornet. And I think in that situation, it's going to be perfect. My only fear for when he does get to Charlotte is that but do want to be able to show his bag and what we call it, self-awareness. Dog, you're not that guy, my guy. Mm-hmm. You're not that guy. You just ain't. You, you shoot yeah. your open threes, and he needs to work on his footwork a lot because – Dude, they throw smalls on him, and he don't punish them at all. He don't even crash the offensive boards to punish them for the smalls. It's 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 worse than what KP actually. KP got a little a, a small little bag now. He, you know, he got a medium sized grocery bag yeah. on the block right now. So I can't even I can't even put give him them KP accusations because KP is just better at that than he is. But that's my Miles Turner take. I. I I feel like a, a hater because I like him as a dude, but I just don't like we def- like how much better is he gonna make the defense for real in a playoff setting? Because every time he's been in, on the playoffs in his career, like they take him off to they they bench him, and this ain't just a Rick thing. This is Nate McMillan. This was the first couple years he's with Vogel. This was uh, this is three coaches that have benched his ass at times in the playoffs with the money on the line. So I want your opinion on this because we haven't talked about it. So I, and I don't want you to agree with me. You pack me up when I, when I'm out of pocket. So if I'm totally out of pocket, pack me up. I mean, I don't think you're out of pocket. Granted, it's, it's like I've been saying, granted, Miles Turner, he, he identifies as a kind of like finesse type of big, um like you know stretch five kind of dude so he wants to like you said show off that bag and he granted his issue isn't with high usage guards because it's not like um I mean Brogdon isn't like a high usage guard um Victor Oladipo he wasn't like high usage but he definitely should have been taking all the shots on those teams because he was by far the best player on those teams but like he like you said, he wants to show off his bag. So any team that he goes to, I guess he will have say in it and would want to work with that team so that they put him in a position to be able to show off that bag. And if he comes here, to me, I don't I don't see I don't know, Grant, I don't know how he necessarily feels about like coming home and there's a big storyline, but if he's thinking about his career and what he wants to do. I don't even think Dallas is the best place because his role will be similar to what he's doing in Indy now. You know what I mean? He's not, if they, you know, keep forcing this through the Twin Towers. You're still behind um, Luca 
Porzingis Brunson. You're going to be behind Brunson. You know what I mean? You're like a fourth option still. And it's like, you want to leave, you know, Indian granted your home. So the vibes might be a bit different <laughs> because you're playing in your hometown. But still, it's, I don't know if it's Dallas is the place for that. Like, he, he strikes me as a tank commander. He wants to be a tank commander. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, when I say that, I'm not trying to be like, Game or shady or whatever like some guys like these lottery teams who are gonna who's gonna get shots up so yeah. like he seems like he wants to do that but the problem is like what team is gonna take miles turner you know to just put up his points and tank you know what i mean a lot of these um like lottery teams they kind of already have their guys like the guys that they're you know grooming and you know giving all the shots to um so it's like I don't even know what team he, he could go to to kind of um do this like you said I like to fit in Charlotte um he'll have a bit like compared to Dallas he'll have more opportunity to um show off his bag if that's what he wants but like still he's not gonna be the first or second or maybe even third option there so I I think he has to just come to terms with where the league is, with his abilities, and granted, he clearly thinks he's much better than he's shown. And I don't, I don't think he's a bad player, but I don't think he's as great as people think either. Um, I agree that he presents some of the similar issues with Porzingis, where he's not great at posting up. He's not, um, he's not, he's not really a lob threat. He can catch lobs, but he's not like a you know above the rim kind of player, even though he's big as hell. Yeah. Um, but and and just yeah, for I the and, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I want to throw this in there. Yeah, Rick tried to turn him into that the beginning of the season, like it was a concerted effort. Um, I'm gonna touch on my Rick agenda. I don't want to cut stop your train of thought, but I just want people to. Well, they didn't try. No, Rick dead ass was trying to do it over and over and over again the first 20 games of the season but please continue yeah but like yeah just like that I don't I just don't know I think I just first of all I don't know what the Pacers are doing because you know they had that report about how they were gonna sell and then I think a couple weeks after that like another report came out was you know like well the owner doesn't want to like rebuild like they want to shake it up but shake it up to still be like a playoff team or, you know, still be a team in the mix. Like they're not trying to get picks or whatever. So knowing that um, I'm like, okay, so they're going to want productive dudes back, you know, for Miles Turner and all that. And, you know, I believe the report, you know, Mark Stein, like you were saying, he's very reliable when it comes on, especially to the Mavericks, he's very tapped in. So I believe him when he says, you know, Rick don't want any <laughs> of the mass players in Indiana. And I'm sure if he has the mass players, none of them will want to go back to Indiana um, to play or go to Indiana to play for Rick again. So I just think I, I just think it's nice <laughs> that we're in rumors, um, that we're expressing interest in people because it shows me that, hey, like we're playing well and all that. And, you know, it's Nico's first, you know, in-season kind of, trade deadline all that and it shows me that they are looking and that's just all I want as long as you're like looking and you're really not delusional like you can say whatever you want to say to the um, public 
you could say, oh, you're keeping your guys, you're happy with the guys, all that. But as long as you're really not delusional and you're doing things on the low, um, it's always going to come to light in this kind of, um, in this industry, you know, there's always going to be leaks. So as long as I do, I'm just happy when I see them in a rumor or something, because you're, you being in rumors, that's like intel to other teams as well. And you can get a phone call to come hop in on a trade. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, you know, teams are remembering, hey, you wanted this or you wanted this kind of player. You were looking for that. So, like, I, it, it's good to me to be in rumors. It's good. You, you, you never know what may um, come from that. Um, you could get a gem. It was like the Cavs. They got Jared Allen. Like, they just hopped on a phone call. Yep. <laughs> you know, got Jared hey, Allen. Just, just help us you facilitate know? this. Like, what? Wait. Yeah. You, you giving, we can get who for what? Oh, yeah, run that. Yeah, we got Andre Drummond. That's okay. We figure it out exactly so it's like yeah it's it's stuff like that i want to see us even if we're not the um the main you know trade partners in a scenario you know get in the mix to facilitate or something because teams remember that and it's like relationships you you see a lot of the same teams training with each other like the lakers and the Cavs. like they're training with each other a good amount of times now they remember they gave javel mcgee cast javel mcgee from the lakers to leave them on the bill now the cast took rondo like it's a, it's a whole relationship kind of thing yeah. so and we still got that I, I trade don't... uh trade exception if some funny stuff goes mm-hmm, somebody need to make need the most money we there mm-hmm. we we have something so yeah so i just i i'm intrigued to um I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm intrigued. That's all I would say. I agree with you that I don't think Miles Turner is coming to Dallas, but very intrigued that we were in the mix for something. And I am, like you said, about one week, um, one week, about one month from the trade deadline. So we'll see what really, um, what really happens. They're saying Simmons will probably um, be extended. All that is going to be extended to the draft. So yeah. the 2022 draft. So he's likely not going anywhere. Yeah. That's what Woj said. Yeah, Woj said it was really quiet for him, or there's no movement for that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think anything is going to shake well, as far as that goes. Um, yeah, it, it all just to. I, I just don't. I think this trade deadline is going to be really crazy. I think because there's just so many buyers or so many teams that's going to go for it. There's so many teams that are invested in going for it and kind of have to. Somebody's going to do something, but I also think everybody's waiting on each other. I think if Ben Simmons was already traded, there would have been so many more trades. People are waiting for that shooter drop before they do anything else. I think he's holding up everything, and they need to go ahead and just do that. And, And I don't know, man. It's weird. It's weird. They just need to do it and get it over with. But maybe once teams find out he really ain't going anywhere or they actually do do it, it'll change something. But we'll see. We'll see. It'll be interesting. But before we go, um, I did want to speak on like, it's kind of something I see on the timeline with the Josh Green development. And, you know, some people, like with their agendas, like the only my personal agenda I have, I, I don't hate Rick Carlisle as a man. I know I tweet a lot about how poorly Rick Carlisle is doing Indiana. 
And I know I tweet a lot. I point out the difference. I don't hate Rick Carlisle as a man. I think Rick Carlisle was a really good coach. And I don't even think Rick Carlisle is like an asshole from a like rude person, hard to work with. I don't even think Rick Carlisle is like a bad man. I don't think he's a bad human. Rick, I don't think we'd be championships. I think the type of coach that Rick was and his X's and O's and the coaching staff he built, I don't think we win a championship without Rick. Rick pulled some stuff out of Rick. Dog, NBA Finals, he trotted out J.J. Barea against the Miami Heat, and it worked. Like, even going back to last year in the playoffs, he trotted Boban's big ass out there, and he stole a game. He stole a game. That was a game stealing. We're going to throw some shit at the wall, and it worked. That's something I appreciate about Rick. My big issue with Rick was the – kind of coded language about how smart he was because I feel like if a black coach had his same resume he doesn't get that genius label and I think it's like even subconscious in the people like dog Rick made some mistakes y'all he did he made tactical mistakes our defensive scheme was a tactical mistake it was it was bad we should have run a different scheme and I know if you want to blame that on Jamal Mosley okay you the head coach you the genius figure that shit out it was poor it was horrible to leave uh maxi and and kp and put them in prison in that weak ass drop and let dudes basically get a runway to to dunk on them or basically just concede nba players open 16 foot jump shots like that's just that's insane and I feel like because our offensive efficiency stats were good, people gave him credit for that. And I just don't like the narrative around it. And with Jason Kidd, however you feel about Jason Kidd as a human being, the whole domestic violence, whatever, I do think he's made good tactical decisions in why our defense has improved. And even offensively, some of the stuff, well, Luca uh, doesn't have the ball. We need to maximize Luca. Hey man, we can't run Luca into the ground. We can't. We can't do it. That J- that James Harden bullshit can only work for so long. It might work in the regular season, but it's the goal to win a championship or have a cute regular season record or, and have cute offensive efficiency stats. And I just don't feel like because of Jason Kidd's color of his skin, I don't feel like he ever in black coaches, and it's not just the NBA, it's the NFL. I know you don't watch the NFL, but I've seen I, I just see it all the time and that shit bothers me and it's so ingrained into fandom that people don't even realize what they're saying without saying it and that that's just mm-hmm. I don't want to you know I know people don't listen to this for that but we two black people and it, it's been so apparent to me and it's rubbed me the wrong way so much that how Luke uh, Luca Rick's genius has never been questioned and we are halfway through this season the Pacers stink. They have the worst defense they've had ever. They he dude, Miles Turner was a defensive player of the year candidate last year. He only played like 47 games. Dog, buddy's played like 30. He's almost played as many games through half the season as he played all of last year. And they're worse in every way. They he he's had a healthier roster than the dude who got fired after one year and they're worse in every way. And no one questions his genius even still. No national person 
half the people in the fan base. It's really just our corner of Twitter. And it just bothers me because, like, Ty Lu, for example, he fucking was a good offensive scheme. But when he won that championship, oh, that was LeBron. He didn't get any credit for it. When Rick Carlisle's genius in getting, let's be honest, man, when you got Dirk, how, you know, you got Dirk, bro. You had Dirk at the peak of his fucking powers. And Jason Kidd, who's a coach on the floor, and I do think Rick deserves a lot of credit for it. I gave him his credit, but I just don't feel like black coaches get the genius mantle for cobbling together some stuff like that. And I think, as, as we've come to find out, getting Kyrie Irving to have his shit together for a full season and winning the championship and Kevin Love's looting in the right ass as your three best players, I think deserve more credit. And it ain't just Ty Lewis, other black coaches as well. I don't want to be on the soapbox with this, but this is just something I've seen for a long time. And it's like, it's 2022 and this shit is still happening. And I'm seeing it with some of the decisions that happened in the NFL and it bothered me. So when y'all see me hate Rick Carlisle, I love Rick. Rick's a good man. I just think he's no longer a good coach, but I think he gets that genius label still. And it's like, fam, that shit ain't working no more. No matter what you say, it's, it's just not. Um, Tell me if I'm crazy. You do a really good job of keeping me in check sometimes. You know, I'm an old man. I go on my rant. So do you tell me where I'm wrong? And if and you don't got to say you're wrong, but you can disagree. I, I just want feedback from people. that There's a lot of people, when I make those type of tweets on the timeline, people agree with it. But SJ, you smarter than them. I need you to tell me where I, if I'm crazy. Um, I don't think you're like too crazy because you know I it's always gonna be um to me like anyone white they're gonna benefit um from you know white privilege at the end of the day and um, I don't think they're crazy for that um but just in terms of I I do think it's a bit crazy that what's going on in Indiana isn't getting much attention. Like, granted, I know it's a small market. Nobody cares about the Pacers. But the fact that, like you said, Rick had this or has this reputation and the fact that this is pretty much going um, kind of unchecked. And it's funny because people, like you said, don't like Jason Kidd. And at the beginning of the season when the Mavs were um, struggling, and I saw the tweets, like, a lot of these um, media heads, too, um, a lot of them more, and I shouldn't say media heads, but the um a lot of writers, like um beat writers and such, for even other teams, they're all like, "Well, oh, what do you think is gonna happen?" You know, you, you oh, downgraded. Oh, you know, Jason. I forget who said it, but oh, there's one person that can tank Luka Doncic, Jason Kidd. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Jackson Frank, maybe. Yeah. Um, but um, or something like that. But yeah, a lot of them were really trying to dunk on um. Kid. and you know rightfully so i i personally didn't believe in him as a coach and all that but now that the Mavs are playing well like everyone's kind of shut up like no one has given him the credit and they kind of just backed off but rick on the other hand he no one has been saying anything granted i'm not advocating for him to get like shit on or anything like that but it, it's just interesting to me that he has not that no one has said anything like media has hasn't talked about oh what could be wrong in indiana it's just like oh blow it up sell the pieces whatever whatever like 
come on, man. Like uh, there are a lot of trends that are, you know, trends with Rick teams. Like they are not defending. Even previously they were defending last year. They weren't, um, like you said, at the top, top, but they, they weren't this bad. And, you know, they're losing close games. Which is um, a trend that, Car- that there's a five-year like trend with us, no matter what the roster. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but dog, there's a track record mm-hmm. now, like half a decade. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I looked it up. Rick's teams have been shitty in the clutch for five straight years, no matter what the roster was. Exactly. So it's a, it's a trend with this team. So the fact that this isn't being picked up on, you know, um, by, you know, these media talking heads and writers and all that, it's just, it's just intriguing. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, Party Report said Rick wasn't interested in rebuilding either. So I, I just, if they keep going at the rate they're going, they're clearly not in the playoffs. I don't think they're making the playoffs anyway. So I'm just, they're an intriguing team to me for the offseason to see what they really do. Because I think they're going to sell some of these pieces of the deadline, but they're going to sell it for like players back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and those players that they get back, they might not even be there, you know, for, for, for the start of next year. So we'll, we'll just have to see. Yeah, I, I, if you made me predict how the Rick Carlisle era of Indiana is going to wrap up, that man's going to be retired within 18 months and just better coaches than Rick, the game has passed them by. It's just, it is what it is. It's, that's not even a Rick thing. That's just the nature of the game. That's the nature of coaching. And I think Rick is going to end up retiring because I don't really see, <laughs> I mean, unless I don't really see how they get out of that to be this bad with, with they were mostly healthy and I know, you know, TJ Warnett didn't, hasn't played yet, but he didn't play for the other guy either. And they went this bad. And what's my man's name? Mark Dagonal? No, that's the uh, OKC. That's coach. OKC coach. Yeah, I've, whoever was the dude. <laughs> um, Nate Nate Bjorkman. There we go. Are you talking about him? Yeah, yeah. The old coach. Their yeah, old Nate coach. Bjorkman. Yeah, like dog. This dude got fired after one year. Everyone hated him, and they were still better than they are with a healthier team under mm-hmm. Rick Carlisle. And it's like, fam, we. I think they played 41 games. They're more than halfway through their season. Like, dog, they are what they are. And I just don't, no one's talking about it. And everyone had everything to say. And let me be very clear. Shit, me too. Me too. I'm not trying to dunk on anybody. I'm not trying to say, oh, you thought Rick Carlisle was a good coach. Everybody in the basketball media thought Rick Carlisle was a genius, but my issue was when the people that, you know, our corner of Twitter has, there's a few people that have been like, hey, man, I don't know if Rick still got it for a while. And they were basically called idiots, dismissive. Like, their opinions on basketball were so dismissed. And you know, let's keep it tall here. They typically were people that look like us. And the people that was telling them they was crazy was, was white folks. And that shit, I know that even though I didn't agree that Rick had totally lost it, I still noticed that. Like there was such a dismissive tone to the implication that Rick didn't have it going on, didn't have it together or still was some elite coach. Rick was, I heard there was a lot of, Rick is still a top five coach, even in the summer. And um, 
that just didn't sit right with me. And like I said, we halfway through, I'm going to get off of it and we're going to wrap this up. But I just want people like it's okay to when new information presents itself, it's okay to change your mind. It doesn't mean you're stupid. We all got day jobs for the most part. Even the people fucking people make millions of dollars to do this shit are wrong and, ch and pivot. It's okay. You don't have to roll your agenda into the ground. Your basketball opinions are not your personality. They don't define you as a person. If something changed, it's okay to admit it. That's all I'm saying. Shit. I'm, I'm the president of Ship Josh Green to Canada uh, <laughs> Association. I'd have had his ass with a winter coat on right now. I was wrong. And I'm very happy. It's okay to do it with Rick Carlisle or anyone else or anything else. If you didn't think Josh Green was that good, hey, it's okay. I didn't. Same thing for uh, the shit. Even Nico Collison and Mark Cuban's janky ass. Like, man, they might have made, these might have been good decisions that end up net-net making us a better team overall. I'm not willing to go that far yet, but I'm open to it, and I wasn't open to it shit 22 days ago so that's all i got fam you got anything else oh uh, no that that's it for me right y'all thank y'all again we're gonna go ahead and get out of here um thank y'all for listening again shout out to all of our listeners um we will holler at y'all next week peace <laughs>